the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When we allow ourselves to be deceived and start doing the things that we used to do when we walked in darkness, we are cheating ourselves. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. And now let's jump into part two of a message titled Time to Wake Up in Ephesians chapter five. You might look at yourself today and say, I don't know, pastor, I'm a pretty rough cut here. Not doing so good in my walk with the Lord. In fact, 2022 was kind of a, a, a wasted year for me in my spiritual walk with the Lord. Okay, well, let's write off 2022 because we, we certainly can't go back to it. It's over now, right? What about 2022? It's over. Okay, so put on a new face. Like, get up. Let's pray. Let's say, I don't want to be who I was in 2022. So let's be this new person in Christ in 2023. I wonder if we were honest with ourselves, if we wouldn't also just come up short in almost everything we do, because we all have flaws, right? But fortunately for you and me, God sees us again, just like he saw Peter, the finished product. I love what the Bible says in Philippians 1.6, where the apostle Paul says, I am confident. Now that word confident comes from a Greek word that is like, like I boldly know this. I have a great confidence inside. Like, like, look, I, I'm not saying I know how it all works, but I, I just, I know that I know is what he's saying. I'm confident of this very thing that he, God, who began a good work in me is going to complete it. Now, every one of you should be able to say the same thing. I know. Now I might not look like it today, you know, and I might have a lot of failings in my life, but I know that God, I'm confident that he that began a good work in me is going to complete it because that's his promise to you and to me. And there was many times in my life as a Christian, look, I've been a Christian longer than some of you have been alive. Okay. So I've been a Christian for 45 years. Okay. That's a long time. I gave my life to Christ when I was 18. Okay. I'm old, but I'm still in good shape. I just want to point that out. Okay. I'm just laying some groundwork there. But anyway, but it's like 45 years. I'm telling you in those 45 years, I had some rough moments. So I'm like, Lord, I'm a disaster. I don't think this is going to work for me. I don't, I I mean, I'm just not the right, I'm not this guy. And, and it's like, oh, but the Lord is so good. And I remember this one time in particular, I was just struggling. I mean, I was struggling. And, and so I went to a midweek Bible study and 
Pastor Greg was doing a, what we call an afterglow service, okay? And he was just saying, hey, if you need any kind of prayer, come up and get prayer. So I was sitting in the back, and I was just sitting there like, I, I shouldn't even be at Bible study tonight. I mean, they should have like a, a detector at the door, you know? This is like, you know, like those metal detectors, it should be like a sin detector. Just, you know, like you set it off. You can't come in here. And it's like, so I'm in the back row, and all these people are coming forward, and Greg was up at the front, you know, in the sanctuary at Harvest, you know, it's quite a bit bigger than this, so it's a good distance, you know, it's like double this, and then so I'm all the way in the back, and Greg was up here in the front, and people are coming down to get prayer, and he, he's asking some of the deacons and everything to come up and pray, you know, and I'm just sitting there like, ah, what am I even doing here? I need to get out of here. Then all of a sudden, I, I pick up my head, and I go like this, boom, there's Greg Glory sitting right next to me, like, boom, We're like, what are you doing here, you know, and he goes, what are you doing back here? And I'm like, uh, 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 uh. And I'm like a porky pig. I don't know. You know. And he's like, you get down there and you pray for those people. And I'm just like, okay. And I went down and I, it was just like, why would the Lord allow that to happen to me? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Other than the fact that I'm confident that he that began a good work in us is going to complete that work. Yes. Peter had many up and down experiences in his life. Maybe Peter's life would resemble a roller coaster, high highs and low lows. Yet Peter, he made it. And God used him boldly. And the same goes for you and for me. I'm going to let the Lord shine in and through me. I'm going to allow people to look in my eyes and not see me, but see Jesus. God can use us. Be part of his calling. Imitate him. Be an example of Christ in our everyday lives. Verse 2 says, to walk in love. That's to love one another just like Christ loves us. That's not always easy to do in L.A. here, right? Because there's some pretty unlovable people around us here, okay? But Jesus is the ultimate example of this kind of love. And we so appreciate God's unmerited love for us, do we not? Don't we love when we mess up and we can go to him and he forgives us and he encourages us? Well, in the same way, we're to love and forgive those that are around us. Just like we get the love from the Lord when we mess up, we need to give that same love to others when they mess up with us. And when we do that, it becomes a witness of God's love for them. Because when you forgive someone who doesn't deserve forgiveness, it's mind-boggling to that person. And that might open the door for you to share Christ's love with them. Yes, people will wonder why we're so loving and kind. And again, it opens that door to some very cold hearts to hear the good news of the God in heaven that loves us. I'm always looking for those opportunities. I remember I was on this one trip in Israel and and, uh, our tour guide, his name was Lior, Lior. And he was a believer. He was a Messianic Jew. And uh, I was asking him about his wife. He's like, oh, yeah, she's, she's not a believer. Huh? She's hardcore, no way, you know, not into Jesus at all, you know. And, and I'm like, hey, so a couple days from now, we're going to be going out to the Dead Sea. You're going out there where Qumran is and Masada. And so it's a pretty long run out there, you know. So you're, in the, you're, you're doing some bus time. And then, you know, you're out there. It's an all-day thing because you go to where the Dead Sea Scrolls were. You, you go to the Dead Sea. And then you know why the Dead Sea's dead? Because it's dead. <laughs> There's nothing alive in that place. Anyway, but uh, so I go, why don't you invite your wife and your daughter to come with us? He's like, really? You don't mind? I'm like, no, nah, man, let her, you know, we'll be out for the day. We'll go to the Dead Sea, you know, lay on the water, you know, all this stuff. And, and he goes, okay. So she comes. 
So, oh my goodness, I had a captive audience. I mean, she's in the bus. There's nowhere to go. So I just start witnessing to her. Witnessing her. She, I'm sure she's just, uh, that poor girl, I'm sure she's just like, oh Lord, like, how do you shut this guy up, you know? But, uh, you know, we actually got along really good, but I'm sure she didn't want to hear about Jesus as much as I was telling her. But I was just, I'm telling her, and, you know, and everything. Anyway, the whole day goes by. It's like a 12 hour day. So, anyway, she goes home and everything, and I'm sure she was ready to get off that bus with me, that's for sure. But, uh, so, we get to the end of the trip. You know, we had been over there for like 12 or 13 days, whatever it was. And uh, so the last night, we're going to get up like 6 o'clock in the morning or 5 o'clock in the morning to head to the airport to get back. I said, hey, Lior, you know, uh, what's the chance to come over to your house tonight? He goes, oh, yeah, well, that'd be great. You know, Karen would like you to cook dinner for you. I'm like, all right, man, I'm coming. Just make sure she cooks a lot because I'm an eating machine. Okay. So I go over there. He comes over and picks me up at the hotel. I go over there. And we get done with dinner, and I mean, I start sharing the gospel with her in the living room. And I mean, I'm just sharing with her and sharing with her. And she's like, no, no. she get up and walk out. And I'm like, well, that didn't go over very good. <laughs> it's like I'm thinking, well, all right. But then she come back in and sit down again. I'm like, okay, well, let me just pick up where I left off. And I just went through all the scriptures in the Old Testament. Dealing with Jesus, who he was, why we need redemption, why there was a sacrifice lamb that was needed. And I'm just going, and she, and she'd get up again, no, no. And she, boom, she pulled again, but then she'd come back. I stayed at their house till like one o'clock in the morning, and I'm just sharing, sharing. And she did not give her life to Christ. And so, anyway, I'm just like, all right, you know, hugs and, uh, you know, hugs and, all right, see you. God bless you guys. And, and, and in the midst of me driving her nuts, you know, we're sharing the gospel with her. We actually liked each other. I mean, we actually called on really good. She had a good sense of humor, and I was always joking around with her and everything. But uh, I know I was driving her nuts. Well, I get a phone call like six months later. It could have been closer to a year later. Lior calls me, and Karen's on the phone. They're driving back from a wedding that they went to, and she stops them halfway through, and she's like, I can't get it off of my mind what Pastor Steve was saying. I think Jesus is the Messiah. And she gave her life to Christ. Yeah, it's like, how cool is that? I mean, it's like, and I was the first phone call. They're, they actually called me and they're like, hey, you're not going to believe what just happened. I'm like, what? And then Karen's like, I gave my life to Jesus. I'm like, what? No. So you never know. See, this is why in 2023, we got to take advantage of opportunities and plant seeds because you never know how they're going to grow. Well, getting back to Ephesians 5, verse 3 tells us to not let any immorality or impurity be named among us. Now, this is a direct reference to sexual sin. Boy, you think there's any of that going on here in Los Angeles? Understand, God created sex, and he designed it for two people, male and female, okay, who have come into a covenant relationship in a marriage. Notice, that's not dating to have sexual relationship. It's not being engaged to have a sexual relationship. It's when you both become married when you give vows to one another spoken and committed to any sexual relationship outside of marriage is sin you're not going to hear that too much here in la but you'll hear it here because that's the truth of god's word we are to accept this no touchy-feely anything any type of contact that excites sexual desire inside of us he said this should not even be named among us as believers and one of the reasons he included greed in there when he was talking about that is that a person who is seeking a believer 
that is seeking sex from another believer outside of marriage is coveting what is not his. He's a greedy person. And he's willing to allow that other person to sin before their God because of their own greed. It's he or she who's not willing to pay the price of commitment for it first. So remember, the Bible doesn't say, it doesn't teach safe sex. It teaches save sex until you get married. Okay, save it. Because again, God created it for our pleasure. We're supposed to have pleasure with this. Okay, he's just saying, save that until you come into the marriage covenant. Now, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, he says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, being set apart. That is that you abstain from sexual immorality. This is sexual sin. Okay? That each of you knows how to possess his own vessel. That's saying, get your hormones under, you know, control your hormones here in sanctification and in honor, not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God. Don't be like everyone else in LA who's just on a, you know, whatever, has much sex as you can possibly have with as many people as you can have it. Don't be like everybody else. Verse seven says, for God has not called us for the purpose of impurity. And then he goes on in verse eight and he says, he says, and this is not just the will of man here. This is from God. So if you reject what he has for you here, you're rejecting God and not man. So, you know, I was uh, teaching at a uh, high school camp. So I was invited up to this Baptist high school camp. And, you know, and I don't know, I was teaching. I don't even know where I was teaching. But I got on the whole sex thing for a little bit with all these high schoolers, a couple of hundred kids at this high school camp. And I mean, after I got done with that, because I said, you know, sex before marriage is sin. And I mean, I just went down the whole thing. Well, the leadership, all the, the camp leaders came to me and said, what are you telling these kids out for and everything? See, they were all having sex, okay? <laughs> and I was like, who are you to say that? I'm like, uh, it's not me. He said, if it says in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 8, if you reject this, you're not rejecting man. You're not rejecting me. You're rejecting God. You're rejecting him. This is what he called here to do. He's the one that said that. The Bible says this is not to do. You're not to do this. Not the pastor says this. It's God who says this. This is what he has spoken. It's not easy. I'm not saying that it's easy, but it instills in us when we do it as believers, it instills discipline. It instills training. It instills obedience. It instills a code of behavior and respect for your future mate. Because it's not like you don't want to. You're just saying, I'm not going to because I want to honor you. You know, you guys, you men, you should be telling the girls that you're dating, I want to honor you before God. I want to honor you. You know, and look, she's got hormones too. She might be willing and ready to go. But it's like, look, we're not going to do this because we're going to honor God. And I want to honor you before the Lord. And I don't want you to sin. That is being imitators of Christ. If you do this, guess what? God's going to bless you in this life and he's going to bless you in the next life because of it and for those of you that are single it'll help you get the right person in your life that god wants you to have so go slow and you know be patient and allow god to bring that person in your life and that's one of the things that you'll know if this is a real godly person that they're willing to hold off not that they don't want to 
but they're willing because they want to be imitators of Christ. Notice in verse 4, he gives us three types of languages, getting back to Ephesians 5, that we should not be doing. You know, that should not be coming out of our mouth. Number one, he said, no filthiness out of your mouth. That's shameful obscenities coming out of your mouth. Number two says, no foolishness, which is from the Greek word you know, that means buffoonery. Means you shouldn't be acting like an idiot, okay? And number three, coarse jesting. That's vulgar, double meaning jokes. You know, when people, you know, turn things around, you say, oh, I didn't mean that. You want to get your mind out of the gutter. When you, you totally meant that, okay? You know, those things that you can say that have two different meanings and like, oh, yeah. It's like, no, those things should not be coming out of our mouth. Which brings up our point, not being deceived. Let's pick up and Verse 5 here of Ephesians 5, he says, For this you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of Christ and God. Like, like if you're going to do these things and not listen to God, you're not going to heaven. Just, just like that. You're not going to heaven. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Look, you're not who you used to be. You used to be a non-believer. You used to be a heathen dog. Yeah, go do whatever you want to do. You're not that person anymore. Okay? He said, walk in the light. Verse 9. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. And do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose darkness. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. Yeah, if we looked at some, maybe some of the things that are done in secret in Los Angeles here, some of these gentlemen's clubs, uh, not gentlemen there. Yeah, it's not even worthy to be spoken of. Verse 13, but all things become visible when they are exposed by the light for everything that becomes visible is light. Yes, we're not to be deceived. That word deceived in the original language means we're not to cheat or delude ourselves. When we allow ourselves to be deceived and start doing the things that we used to do when we walked in darkness, we are cheating ourselves. We're deluding ourselves. Yes, when we fall to sexual sin, when we follow after the things that we know that are wrong, we cheat ourselves. God will allow guilt and shame to fill our hearts when we start going down that path to discourage us from staying in those sins. But if we rebel against our own hearts, we rebel and we refuse to repent of our sin and turn away from the thing that's causing us to be separated from God. And we refuse to listen to the, just the, the tugging of the Holy Spirit of God on our own soul. Then we will be deceived. We will end up cheating ourselves. We will be cheated out of God's best. Do you want to be cheated out of God's best? I mean, don't we want the best that God has for us? Some people will try to console us with empty words saying, well, it's okay. Everyone's doing it. Like, oh, come on, this is the 21st century. You Christians got to stop, stop living in the 1800s, okay? It's like, uh, no, know this. God will never, ever go against his word. What we sinned 5,000 years ago is still sin today. And if we rebel against God, verse 6 says, the wrath of God will come upon us eventually. 
Might not happen on the same day, might not happen the next day, but it will eventually unfold on us. We must submit ourselves and all of ourselves to Christ. And when we do, God will bless our lives as we move forward in 2023. You know, you single gals, wait for that man that will treat you with respect, who will love you to the end. You know, know, God will bring that man into your life when you wait and you say, I'm going to do things right. Then God will bring you the right man. You single guys, wait for a woman who will stand by you, a woman that will pray for you and become one with you. Stop chasing the hoochie mamas, okay? It's like, (laughs) can you say that from the pulpit? I just did, anyway. But uh, it's like, wait for who God wants you to have, you know? And God will bring that person. But if God brings you his little princess, you better keep your hands off of her. Because God does not, he does not fare lightly when he brings a godly woman into your life and you abuse that. As we all know, before Christ, we all used to walk in darkness. But now... We're children of the light. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And his light exposes all darkness. The true Christians should expose those who walk in darkness so that they can see the light. Not judging them, but pointing them into a personal relationship with Jesus. Remember what we're told in 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Remember this. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? The unrighteous are not going to heaven. Do not be deceived. Do not cheat yourself out. Neither fornicators, those are the people that are having sex outside of marriage, nor idolaters or adulterers, those who are married that are sleeping with someone else's husband or wife. You're not going to heaven. The effeminate, the ones that are in the sexual perversion, you're not going to heaven. Nor homosexuals, you're not going to heaven. Nor thieves, you're not going to heaven. The covetous or drunkards, you're not going to heaven. Revelers or swindlers, they're not going to heaven. None will inherit the kingdom of God, such as some of you. Meaning, weren't we all in some of those aspects of life? I was in a few of those before. But you were washed and you were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. It's like, wow, we're not that person anymore. Why? Because now we're to be imitators of God. We're to be just like him now. We're not supposed to walk the way we used to walk. Which brings up our final point, awakened from sleep. Let's read what he says in verse 14. He says, for this reason, it says, awake, sleeper, arise from the dead. Meaning, before we came to Christ, we were really walking dead people. It says, and Christ will shine on you. Therefore, be careful how you walk. Be careful. Not as unwise men and women, but wise. Making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't be unwise. We're at the end of time here. Things are falling apart all around us it's like be wise yeah we're to make the most of our days because again time is not guaranteed for any of us we're here today and no one knows what our tomorrow is going to be verse 15 says to walk as wise men and women we're to walk with our eyes on eternity remember if we put all of our hope on temporal things then our hope will only be temporal that's it it's gonna be temporary If we put our hope on temporary things, then our hope will be temporary. That's just the way it is. But if we put our hope on eternal things, our hope will last for all of eternity. We are Christians. 
We're to be awake. We're to live for the eternal. Arise from the life of a worthless and dead Christian. Don't be a dead Christian. If our Christianity, you know, only comes out at church when we're at church, then we're just following a religion at best. But if our faith is real, then let us live it and breathe it. Let it consume us. Verse 16 says, to redeem the time. That means to make the most of what we have right now. Make the most of 2023. Grab hold of it and just say, I want to be used of God in this year. Our culture has made a turn for the worse, as you know. Verse 17 says, don't be foolish. Know what the will of the Lord is. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 2.3, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator also between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. The testimony born of a proper time. See, this just throws a monkey wrench in the whole reformed theology, Calvinism. It's like Jesus came for all people. He desires all men to be saved, all women. That's his desire. That's all the time we have for our message. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Available on iOS and Android. Court Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Court Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Court Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at courtchurchla.org. And remember, there's a God in heaven who loves you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.